All right, welcome back to Dollars and Dragons. It's Friday, as in the day of the week, but this is not Friday speaking right now. Uh, this is actually Lila. I have uh, taken over this channel, but uh, with, with a lot of consent. Um, because today we're going to be doing a little sort of virtual panel on Big Bad Con. Um, we are just about a week, uh, week out from Big Bad Con. We have some wonderful folks here. Um, of course, Friday. Uh, we also have Nala and Taylor. I'm going to let them all give their own introductions, but I'll do a little intro about me. Uh, so my name is Lila. I'm a game designer and project manager in the TTRPG space. I've been going to Big Bad Con um, since 2019, and I did the transition of starting off as an attendee at Big Bad Con and then eventually going there as somebody who uh, was seeking opportunities in the industry. Um, I'm going to hand it off to Nala. Hi everyone, my name is Nala or Jay. my pronouns are they, them. I'm at Nala Wu on Twitter and at Nala Draws everywhere else. I'm an art director and illustrator and actual play performer, uh, sensitivity consultant, all of that fun stuff. And this is my second Big Bad Con. I went, uh, I was one of the POC scholars last year. Um, and this year uh, I was back on the not POC scholars scholarship, but the other scholarship. <laughs> So I uh, came back um, this time. I was able to do a lot more. Uh, I ran a ridiculous amount of events, uh, was on a bunch of panels, and uh, uh, it was fun. Um, I'm going to pass it to Taylor. Hey, everyone. I'm Taylor. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a TTRPG project manager, game designer, and editor um, at Big Bad. This was my second year of being a POC scholar. Um, and we'll get more into what I was I was doing later on, but it was attending a lot of panels, attending a lot of events, and hustling, I guess. And I'll pass it over to Friday. Hi, I'm Friday. Um, you may or may not know who I am, uh, but you've heard my voice perhaps if you listen to this podcast. Um, and I am a game designer and professional GM, um, and this is my first time going to Big Bad Con. Um, oh yeah, pronouns uh, she, her. And... Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's it's the only con I can really afford to go to because it's on the West Coast. But there might be other reasons to attend Big Bad, which I'm sure uh, we will also get into. Um, but actually, that's, that's a little bit of a good transition into talking a little bit about what um, sort of the reason that I brought these fine folks together uh, to chat, um, which is basically, um, I think we all kind of have a sense of... Um, how it's like sometimes hard to get to conventions and that there's sort of access issues with being able to attend cons. Um, so we cannot perfectly in any sense recreate what happens um, at Big Bad Con to the extent that all of us went to panels and we took notes. Um, we are also all um, in the industry, but like fairly new to the industry in, in some respect. Um, and so we are basically here to talk about what happened at Big Bad Con, the actual advice that we took away, and then also demystify a little bit um, what it's like to be a newbie that's trying to um, you know, design games or get industry work um, and the advice that we've been given and things that we've learned uh, during each of our journeys doing that. Um, all right. I think with that, I'm just going to start talking about different panels and I'm going to get my own little notebook out here. So hopefully, um, other folks will have, uh, things to say, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to list the title of the panel. Um, and, uh, we will just kind of popcorn around takeaways from that panel and have a little discussion about it. Um, 
So the first is a little bit of a combination of a pitching yourself panel uh, or workshop. I think these were both workshops, um, one of which was held specifically for the POC scholars um, and another one uh, called Presenting You Online, which I think covered like similar things uh, that was held for a wider audience. Um, I'm also realizing that I'm just going to do a little editorial thing to talk about what the POC scholars were, because a couple of folks um, already mentioned that. Um, if you're listening and you're like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, so Big Bad Con, um, one of the things that I think is different from, I want to say, any other TTRPG gaming convention out there is that there, uh, the the convention leadership has uh, raised a, a fair amount of money. Um, from folks in the TTRPG um, industry, I might I might pull up the names of the sponsors because I think um, it's it's good to shout them out. Um, but basically, to enable the con to pay for travel and um, hotel stays uh, for folks in the industry that are um, basically people to know who's uh, who are who are just getting started in their careers, so that they can actually attend the convention and meet a network uh, with uh, industry professionals and other folks that um, come there. So it's like a, a direct um, way to address access issues for cons. So that's what uh, um, the POC scholars were. So there was a version of this workshop that was specifically for them and then a, a wider version. Um, Anybody go to this and have actionable takeaways from it? Um, I didn't actually attend either of these workshops, which is probably a bad thing to start off saying. But um, just so the listeners are aware, uh, Big Bad Con does an online version of the con where it's just panels that are streamed and then put on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and search in Big Bad Con, uh, the channel will come up and all of like the, the VODs from previous panels will come up. Uh, the Pitching You panel was done by Carlos Cisco. Shout out to Carlos. He did amazing work helping POC throughout the weekend. Um, but a version of that panel is available online. And I know because I studied it in the lead up to the convention. So that way when people asked me who I was, um, I had something ready to go. And then the homework that was for the POCs um, built off of that of so it is available for people out there. If you're going, hey, this sounds like a cool workshop and, and would be helpful. You can go and find it. It's it's out there. Sorry. I just, I felt the need to, to bring that in. I'll put the link in the description for that. Um, oh, um, yeah, I guess I'll talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, since I unmuted myself. So uh, for the pitching, I found it to be useful uh, because it really solidified a very um, concise way to introduce yourself that was like really emphasizing the best parts of yourself. Um, so I found that to be useful for that reason. And I was one of the people uh, running uh, the Presenting You Online uh, workshop. Uh, we offered two sessions prior to the con for people of color. And then during the convention, we had a more panel-based uh, roundtable discussion followed by one hour of office hours where we walked around and helped people. Presenting You Online was all about how best to present yourself in this new age of social media and how to best market yourself. Um, my specific talks were about your visual branding and uh, the, the visual side of presenting yourself, um, how to build a brand and what branding even means. Um, and I think a really good takeaway from this is that um, 
people get really caught up in like how to set yourself apart and how to differentiate and how all of these things that can be incredibly stressful, especially when you see so many people like hustling. And um, I think the one thing I would say is, is that you yourself is the thing that makes you different because no one will ever do it like you do it. And uh, learning how to present that is um, sort of what we were talking about. Um, and uh, we hoped to give people courage and confidence to talk about themselves and, and to present themselves following the convention uh, with uh, skills and tips and stuff for like making a link tree or a card, uh, business cards, et cetera. Yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, I think what I will add is just kind of like piggybacking off of what Nala said. One of the um, most important parts of the workshop was we just like practiced our little speech a couple times in a row um, so that we could get it down and kind of know the key things that we had to hit. Um, another thing that jumped out at me, which was sort of feedback that was given. So in the um, in the Pitching You workshop that uh, Carlos ran, most of the people there, it felt like were from LA and like some of them had like sort of screenwriting backgrounds. So there was a big focus on kind of like storytelling about yourself. Um, and I think one of the things that I still kind of struggled with was um, uh, the the uh, folks that were advising, a lot of them were basically trying to find like those weird little stories that are specific to you that will, you know, show the skills that you have, but also um, give a kind of memorable anecdote uh, that somebody would be able to like refer to you by. Um, so I don't think this is a great example, but a couple of the folks really latched on to the fact that I'd been into the, in the Peace Corps because that is just a throwaway sentence, I guess, that's like fairly memorable compared to, you know, other folks that they might uh, talk to. Uh, so I guess just practice and uh, try to think of kind of the how you can make the information about yourself specific and tell it more like a story was sort of how, what I took away from that. Okay, I'm going to give like a half a second if anybody else has uh, anything else to say about that. Nah, all right, we're moving on. We got to give this information. Okay, so the next thing on here, um, I put down the resume review workshop. Um, I know that I went to this, but I might have been the only one. I think I was. All right, I'm going to just say like two things about it. Um, so, I, man, I wish I had names, but um, Laura and uh, Hannah Rose both um, prolific editors and uh, women in the TTRPG space showed up to give 15 minute resume reviews. Gosh, it was extremely helpful. I might try to just like show a before and after of my resume uh, to talk about some of the changes and stuff that they uh, gave. My resume was like fairly polished because I've been showing it around um, to a lot of folks. But um, one thing I'll say is that they liked my little um, like mission statement that I had at the top, which was like a new thing that I added because I'm I'm doing a career transition into um, TTRPGs. Um, and uh, another thing that uh, I did in advance of this is I'm really trying to push sort of like the leadership aspect of my resume. So I'd sort of bolded um, titles for each of the experiences that I had that like had just lead in the title and then, um, you know, sort of uh, stuff about them. Um, but anyways, that was very helpful. I might try to do a longer blog post or something because I think it could uh, use some more time. But resumes are definitely something once you get to a particular type of company in the TTRPG space that uh, you're going to need and uh, can share around to uh, help you get opportunities. Okay, uh, next on here is leading uh, TRPG projects. 
um, which was actually a panel that I moderated. Um, but I was so focused on moderating it that I actually didn't take notes. So I'm going to uh, hand it over to folks that were in the audience to talk about uh, the biggest takeaways from that one. Uh, go for it, Taylor. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways, um, can't remember if it was in this panel or another panel that Anthony did, but I think it's the same thing. Is very much this focus on, well, in games, we build our parties. So in real life, you need to build a party as well. You need to build a team. Your team needs to be reliable. And what that means is that they deliver on time to the specification. And if they can't do that, that they communicate with enough time that you can like buffer. So when you're leading TTRPGs and you're setting those timelines, whatever buffer time that you think, and this is definitely not from personal experiences from the panel, um, double it. Like, um, I think that was like a huge thing is like building your team, setting your expectations, being able to learn from your mistakes was like another huge thing. And knowing how to raise your team morale were all topics that were covered. I'll, I'll let somebody else talk. What I got out of this was, um, I really liked um, the aspect of having a team that you could also build up on and support. So finding people that you worked really well with and were comfortable enough to um, assist and develop in their careers, I think was a major focus for me because I love that shit. Like I, I love that type of thing. So um, that really resonated with me and uh, stuck with me from that. Besides all the stuff that Taylor said. Um, I have two things that are coming to mind. One of the big things I took away was um, this thing that I believe Spencer said, and I apologize if other people on the panel also said it, but it was basically that uh, he gives small projects to people that he's working with for the first time. That enables uh, him basically to you know, see how somebody works and like go, go through a full cycle of working with them. And if they're good, then he will keep working with them um, sort of thing, which I think might seem obvious, but um, definitely feels like something that I might take into a project as a way to like uh, feel okay, um, you know, bringing new people on board, which I think was like a little bit of a tension in the panel, which is basically like one of the pieces of advice was like, well, how do you find people? And it's like, well, you ask your friends who, you know, did a good job, um, which is the truth, but also means that we sort of like perpetuate these like cycles of having little in groups and things. So I thought that that was uh, an interesting point. Um, another thing that uh, I know a few folks said, but I remember Anthony in particular saying it was basically how he, um, uh, to to keep morale up, one of the, and a few folks said this, like you should be giving positive feedback as well as, um, you know, feedback to improve people and, you know, get the, the uh, product closer to, to what you're looking for. Um, but I know I've felt this in my own life, giving positive feedback and specifically calling out a, a thing that somebody is doing. And Anthony specifically said, like, I do this in a public forum. Like when somebody has done a good thing, I will like specifically call them out in a public forum and say, like very specifically what they did uh, that was good. And that is something that any project manager could do right now for free. And I think it is um, extremely meaningful. And I know that I've been on paid work teams where um, people did not do stuff like that. And I think it actually like led to me eventually leaving the team. Uh, so I will say that. Nala. 
I was not on this panel. I did not go to this panel, but uh, going off of that, like as an art director, um, I made like an art sharing channel in one of my project discords. And every time an artist finishes their piece, I post it there and the whole team can see it. And people are pouring compliments on and celebrating the art as, as it's coming in. And that really feels um, like, like building a community within your team where we can all celebrate each other's hard work. Um, and that's something that I, I do uh, as an art director that I think is is really fun. And also just everyone else, because you're working like by yourself on your work, you don't really get to see what everyone else is working on, usually until the product comes out. So that's why I like sharing in the Discord and um, getting everyone just pumped and excited to be working on this project together. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm going to give one more. Uh, there was just a really big focus on... Um, establishing trust with your team especially on timelines i think that this is uh one of the things that i that was repeated in this panel but i've learned outside of this panel um is basically you know your goal is to have um is to create a safe environment for clear communication with the folks that you're working with so that if they become sick if something happens if, in their life if they don't know what they're doing like you know whatever's going on that they will tell you um as a project lead um, and yeah, I think, I think there's, uh, you know, skill growth that needs to be done on the freelancer side to make sure that they're like professionally communicating those things, but you play a big part as a lead, uh, creating a space and processes and expectations where people feel safe enough to ask uh, for those things. And it'll help you out as a project lead, um, Friday. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I have learned over my time is that, um, as a leader, no matter if like you're doing project management or maybe you're an art director or maybe like you're a, a narrative designer or whatever it might be, um, the way that you react to news, good or bad, matters. And the way that you treat people for telling you something in confidence matters. And whether or not you take something seriously really matters. So um, when you're dealing with your teammates on a project, it is very important to Make sure that you provide enough space for yourself to actually look over stuff and spend the time that means that you care. Spend enough time to show that like you are digesting and actually like looking at what they have done and then also providing meaningful feedback. Awesome. All right. I'm going to move on to the next panel. We're kind of going all over the place in the TTRPG sphere. Um, but uh, the next panel is the state of social media in TTRPGs. Um, Friday, I know you were at this because I dragged you to it. Uh, any any takeaways? <laughs> um, I would say um, yes. That my takeaway was that Twitter is awful now. I missed Twitter a year ago, um, and well, most parts of Twitter, I would say, um, it was still kind of awful then, but it's somehow getting worse. The other thing I would say is that the major takeaway from the actual panel was that. Um, Many people did what they had to do and explain some of their methods in order to make sure that they didn't get burnt out on pushing the content that they needed to for their platforms in order to grow. Um, and I think that's so important. I think many creators, especially in uh, video format, really push too many different platforms instead of streamlining just pushing one platform and building that as like your base platform and then growing from there and then maybe cross-posting, but spending much less time on that um, in order to like reserve a lot of your mental health. Because if you're worried about gaming six different platforms, it is very exhausting. It's exhausting doing one. 
So doing more than a casual repost on more than one platform is going to really drain you. All right, I'll go uh, through some takeaways that I got. Uh, so one was people were asked like their favorite examples of accounts and what people were posting. Uh, the names that came up were Roll20, Ginny D, Connie Chang, and uh, this web series called The Party. Um, Connie in particular uh, was called out for basically uh, being really good at doing this thing called like edutainment. Um, I'm pretty sure it's where they cut uh, clips of uh, you know the the streams that they're doing, and people who have actually seen this can probably explain it a little bit more. And um, they're just like really intelligently cut and get a lot of um, uh, traction and also get people to go watch their stream. Nala, who's actually probably seen one of these. Yeah, so uh, Connie Connie does TikToks, and I think Connie has really mastered um, that platform and getting engagement on that platform. Um, he's told me uh, completely separately that a lot of the new transplaner fans that are coming in are coming in from TikTok. Um, but what Connie does basically is... Um, He's uh, very energetic in front of the camera, first of all. They have, like, a way of speaking that immediately makes you want to keep watching the video. There's an immediate hook. And um, on the topic of edutainment, right? So, like, Connie presents information about, like, how to GM or how to, like, do this or, like, um, things that TTRPG players and GMs might be looking for advice on, Um uh, they will talk about it in um, in in the video, and then at the very end of the video, show an example of that put into motion from their current campaign. So um, she'll talk about like, oh, here's like an evil GM thing to do, like end on a cliffhanger. Immediate cut to the end of the latest episode of Chaos Protocol, uh, where Connie ends on a cliffhanger, and. Um, not only is Connie teaching people things, but also is funneling people in to want to watch the show that he's doing. And that's sort of like, you know, Connie makes content on TikTok, maybe because it's fun, maybe because they actually enjoy it. But um, what she's trying to do, um, I think, is trying to get people to move to that second location <laughs> to watch the, the actual content that they make. Hello, it's me, Taylor. I am the person that Nala is talking about. I found Con well, no, I I've heard of Connie in the space, but you know I've watched his TikToks and I'm now listening to Chaos Protocol specifically because of it. I listened to it on the way to Big Bad Con and then ran into Connie and them specifically about it, um, which I thought was was very nice and cool. Um, also, um, getting back to the panel. I do just want to quickly throw out uh, my main takeaways, which was the discussions about volatility in social media. Um, so first of all, your social media image doesn't need to be all of you all the time. And I think that is something very important for people to remember, keeping those boundaries. Uh, create who and how you are seen. Don't be afraid to use the block button, like make it a good space for you. Uh, let the trash take themselves out. Talk about the things that you believe in. And if they're going to unfollow you, let them unfollow you. If they're not going to follow you, remember that block button with, you just talked about? Use it. Um, different platforms help you reach your people in di to different levels, uh, which again, I thought was very good. We could do a breakdown, but you know we're kind of pressed for time here. And also, I think the most important thing is that platforms that require consistency, well, that consistency isn't realistic for disabled individuals, uh, which is also an important thing to remember when you're looking as a like consumer 
at your favorite uh, people in the TTRPG industry, like consistency just isn't isn't realistic for a lot of your favorite disabled creators. Awesome. Um, I'm going to actually, I'll say one other thing that I see highlighted here that I thought was funny. I have a note that says, wait until Serena Marie says where they will be as to what um, platform to join for social media. Because of course, there's a lot of volatility with um, where folks are going after Twitter. Um, all right. I have on here next the freelancing at Ghostfire um, panel. I uh, I really enjoyed this because um, I, as a person who has not um, been published by a big publisher, I found it to be really illuminating as far as like their process. I'm always really fascinated because there are some common threads with how projects are led, and then there are some intricacies that are different depending on who's leading the project and what company and publisher and stuff like that. Some are completely siloed with um, Ghostfire. I guess they are just opening up to have more collaboration and more discussion amongst others about like what is um, being said and what is being made and like connecting things in such a way that one author will read what is uh, made by another person as they're connecting their adventure to their adventure um, and so on and so forth. And those are all things that honestly I thought publishers did. Um, but apparently it's a new thing. Um, and I think it's one of those things that if I was to say, has come up a lot when I've talked to freelancers about a big criticism of some uh, publishers has been that they often have people work in silos and then the work comes out and it feels disjointed. Um, so that's good. Um, I got a lot of other good takeaways from it, but they were mostly like personal and um, mostly about like how to present yourself and like also how to communicate with people a little bit better but yeah well i'm just going through my notes really quickly um i think one of the things that was interesting um to basically uh i think ethan said this that one of the things about freelancing that is interesting is basically you're given um boundaries or like constraints um the most you know, sort of apparent one being a wor uh, word count, um, but you also might be given um, kind of boundaries around what uh, story you're trying to tell, like you might get an outline for a story, um, and treating that as uh, a really interesting way to breed creativity because limitations breed uh, creativity. So I thought that that was a, a good way of looking at freelancing assignments. Um, I think that Friday, this is sort of what you're saying is that there was a, there was a conversation, but not a real solution about how um, there's not a lot of incentives in the timelines for collaboration. And I think collaboration in this industry is something that like the industry hasn't fully figured out um, yet. Um, yeah. And a big one, which I think also came up in the uh, leading T uh, TRPG panels is to ask for feedback um, specifically from the uh, freelancer point of view uh, how it is okay and actually quite proactive to be asking for feedback um, on your assignments um, because as a freelancer, it's kind of a mixed bag as to whether if you're working at a company full time, like usually you will be in a system and you'll be getting feedback pretty regularly, even if it's just like a performance review. As a freelancer, you might not be getting that. Uh, so to the extent that you could be proactive about asking um, for feedback for the folks that you're working with uh, is a really good sign to them that you're looking to improve and is also just helpful for you because you will improve. Um, on that note about... Um sort of collaboration. I know what my answer is for that. Um, but ultimately, if we want to circle back briefly to 
um, sort of leading uh, tabletop projects and what we talked about, takeaways from that. Um, I know how we've solved that, and I would say that Lila is aware of this process because Lila was on the team, and um, it really just came down to more time from the leads. And if you can get more people on the team so that you have enough time to do that, that's what's going to make a better product. Because um, a lot of the time, like it is very difficult because if someone comes to you with an idea that isn't completely supported by your master plan, then you are essentially just up a creek. Like you, you don't know how to bring yourself to them uh, to meet them in the middle. But if you already buffer that time in there, uh, as we we talked about previously, then coll- more collaboration is possible. But some of these publishers have like these really tight timelines. They're doing like three Kickstarters a year, so it's like they don't have time, right? So it's like, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to move us along. Uh so the next uh one that I have on here is pitching your ideas. Pitching your ideas was a really good uh panel I think because it basically showed you how to make a pitch deck. Uh literally like a numbered like starting from what should you include? The what, where, when, why, how, who, budget distribution, market analysis, business plan. Talking about making it pretty, the exact sections that you'll need. Um, like talking about it from not only like a TTRPG perspective, but a board game perspective and an actual play perspective and a personal perspective as well. Um, kind of demystifying that, discussing the presentation as well, like controlling the flow, like making sure you guide people through the pitch deck and not just doing that high school thing where you read like from your cards or you read directly from the slide. Um, there was like a slideshow that was done as well. Um, I don't think there's access to to that, but uh, like as a as a post thing. But I was frantically scribbling, and it's just too much to cover now. But um, it was one of those things that it was like an, a clear, actionable feedback, like walking you step by step through that process. Um, I'm not certain if this was um, if they open it up. I think it was Michelle leading this one. Um, and I'm not sure if they opened up like the pitch deck samples that they had, but um, honestly, one of the best things that happened to me was having that opportunity to ask someone directly, hey, how do you build your pitch decks? And I asked someone who had experience in it. Um, so getting just a template or something about like, hey, this is what I'm looking for from a publisher or any sort of sample that you can get. Um, I'll see if I can get uh, somebody's by the time I post this and just put it in the description um, or I'll just post mine. Um, so that's helpful for people. Hi, this is Nala. That was my panel. I did that one. Um, it was my first solo lecture that I've ever given at a convention ever. And um, I was kind of nervous. Um, but basically, the main takeaways from this uh, lecture that I gave, um, the point of it, first of all, was to talk to both clients and artists about the business side of illustration, about best practices. It was me yelling at that you should pay everybody more money. Uh, I talked about copyright, I talked about contract language, and that sort of thing. Um, all my slides were memes. I'm very proud of the memes. Um, I will probably be posting the memes in a thread later because hashtag content, am I right? Um, but anyway, uh, some of the main takeaways uh, I think of my lecture are simply that art is a luxury. Um, and if you want uh, to have good art in your stuff, um, it's going to cost money. Um, but I also was very clear in saying that I don't think you need to have stellar art 
in in your products to have them sell, I think good graphic design will get you very far. Um, and also that uh, uh, that. Uh, I talked a lot about copyright because that's something that people don't really know a lot about. Um, I I learned all that I learned from my professors at art school, and when I got into this space, um, being lowballed by so many clients who didn't understand that full copyright transfers cost a lot more money, them not understanding what that really means. It's kind of like when the tiny project asks you to sign an NDA. It's kind of like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like you don't need this. Um, and so it's it's um, uh, it was a lot of me just um, dumping as much information on people as I could in an hour. Um, and overall, it was a really good experience. And I'm hoping to do the same lecture uh, in an online format that can be recorded and um, saved so that people can uh, reference it later, is my hope. Awesome. Um, all right, moving next. <laughs> the, the, the best title in here, possibly. All My Friends Are Hot! Romance and TTRPGs. I was also on that panel. Uh, this this was about portraying romance in games and how to play out romance at the table. We talked a lot about, I think, like, the, the main takeaway from this is that you have to fucking communicate. Like, uh, whether it's a home game, whether it is uh, a, a streamed game for performance, because we all know that performing in an actual play is very different from just doing a home game. Once there's an audience involved, there has to be a lot more thought that goes into everything. Um, the main takeaway is communicate. Uh, if and and we talked a lot about um, how to deal with bleed, how to um, navigate uh, portraying uh, different kinds of intimacy and what that really means, um, how to um, even breach uh, the subject if if you've never done it before, how to start doing it, um, and uh, just talking about yeah, like I think we spent a lot of time talking about bleed and and that sort of thing, and we got some really good audience questions and discussions about um, stuff like uh, I'm playing in a game with my husband and I want to romance someone else's character, but I'm playing the game with my partner. How to navigate those feelings? Stuff like that. Um, it was a very good panel, um, and again, uh, I I I would love to do this. Uh, do it again. It's it's a good one. <laughs> and very important. All right. Uh costuming is storytelling. That's uh, also welcome to the Nala show. Um all of the stuff that I went to is is at the bottom of this list. Uh costuming is storytelling was one of the last panels ever at the convention. Um it was the five to six PM on Sunday slot. Uh so it was very late. Um this was uh Kai's panel, uh, Estelle of Imladris on Twitter. Kai is a uh a union um, costumer and uh, is very good at what they do. Um, and this was Kai's solo lecture about costuming as storytelling. And um, my main takeaway from watching this panel, given that this is the only panel that I went to and wasn't on or running, uh, <laughs> I was very excited to just sit in the audience for this one. Um, but Kai's main thing is that um, what your character wears in an AP or uh, if you're drawing characters or if you're designing characters to have someone else draw, what your character wears says a lot about who they are. Um, what they wear 
uh, visually can tell a story if they are more athletic? Are, are, are their clothes easy to move in? What fabrics are they using? Um, what colors are they wearing? Uh, what accessories do they have? Like all of these things um, mean something. Um, and Kai talked a lot about costuming history as well as best practices, um, appropriation versus appreciation, like all of these really important things when it comes to um, costuming yourself for an AP, costuming, um, creating clothing for uh, your characters to wear, as well as um, as a writer or as uh, anyone else who deals with creating characters for any reason, um, just to think about that, because people don't tend to put a lot of thought into what their characters are wearing. But in reality, there is a whole world uh, to be unlocked if you start thinking about the clothes that you're putting on your character's back. Okay, so now I'm going to uh, transition this conversation and uh, hopefully maybe we can have like a time code here because I think this is going to be a sort of different part of the of the convo um, where I just want us to talk about what it's like and give advice and uh, do a little bit of like behind the scenes of how we all attend conventions as industry professionals. Um, because one of the things for me is that attending as an industry professional was a lot different than when I spent 2019 attending a bunch of cons just to go play games and, um, yeah, mostly just play games. I mean, I might've sat in a panel here or there. Um, cool. I, I'll, we'll kick it off with Nala. Uh, yeah, so I think um, I joined the space in around 2019. I was not able to go to Big Bad in 2019, but that's about when I joined the space. Um, and so I've never gone to a TTRPG convention not for work. Um, and so I, I've never gone to just play games. I've never had, I call it even a luxury. Like imagine going to one of these for fun. That, that sounds like fun. Uh, <laughs> I wish, I wish I could show up to PAX Unplugged and just go play games. That sounds fun. But um, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> all jokes aside, um, I think networking is something that is incredibly scary, but also something that um, at the same time simultaneously isn't as scary as one would think. Um, I also want to acknowledge on this podcast uh, that I am very extroverted and I have never had an issue with talking to new people and that sort of thing. So I think... Um, that's the perspective that I'm coming from is that uh, networking and talking to people isn't something that gives me anxiety or that sort of thing. Um, but my best tips um, are uh, essentially uh, bring business cards. Um, people still do business cards. Um, make sure your business cards are the standard business card size um, because when people are putting their business cards like they hand you theirs and then you take yours or whatever they stick it back in their business card holder if it's not the standard shape it doesn't fit people don't know what to do with those and those are more likely to just get thrown out or people get frustrated with them um also this goes back to the whole like branding thing right like having something that makes you memorable um people have already started reaching out to me post con um and for example I met someone who was wearing a frog hat all weekend. Uh, her name was Abby. And when she introduced herself in the email, she's like, hi, it's Abby. Great talking to you, blah, 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 all the stuff that you say in an email. And she's like, I was the one wearing the frog hat. I was like, great. I instantly knew who that was. Um, so like having something uh, that, that makes you really memorable, whether it's a story like we were talking about earlier or a piece of clothing that you wore, um, something to make people remember you, especially if you're new in this space, um, that's, a, that's a great uh, way uh, to... Um, to, to, to make sure that people remember who you are. Um, 
I also uh, just, um, it, it's good just to talk to everyone because you never know who you're talking to, um, especially when you don't know anyone. Um, you know, like this has never happened to me, but I've heard of it happening to other people where uh, people like if you're shit talking people openly or whatever and uh, someone overhears it, that that'll get like this space isn't as big as you think it is. Like people know people and um and if you're at an industry event shit talking someone else, more than likely that person is going to hear about it at some point. Um, so, y you know, just just be be a nice person. I, I feel like that's, you know, easier said than done sometimes. <laughs> but like, just just be pleasant. And, um, you know, uh, w when you talk um, to people, um, introduce yourself and uh, uh see if you can find commonalities talk about the games you like you know like every conversation doesn't have to feel transactional if if you make a point to not make it transactional like you shouldn't be going into conversations being like what can i get from you and what can you give me right like talk about the games you like uh because we're all here because we all like games right i mean i don't think you'd be working in this industry if you hated ttrbgs uh taylor um to jump off of that point and to answer the question at the same time um if you're going to big bad con to hustle and it's your first time, my advice is don't. <laughs> when you go in, don't go to hustle. Um, so I'm going to give a little bit of, of, uh, of sad character backstory, which is going to be relevant, I promise. I am a mom living in the UK who has been completely disconnected from any sort of peers. And I mean POC peers. I mean TTRPG peers. I mean even other parents. Going to Big Bad Con the first year that I went, it was the first time I had ever traveled by myself. It was my first ever convention. I was, I considered myself a bit of a baby in the space. I'd only been doing it like professionally for about, I think, nine months at that point. And when I went into Big Bad Con 2022, I had no action plan. I had my little business cards that my mentor had told me to make. And that was it. And I had a look at the POC scholars list because I was very, very fortunate that I got to be a POC scholar. And I decided to make my goal that I would try to talk to as many of those people as possible. And I knew I wasn't going to get on with everyone. And I think I did have a pleasant conversation with everyone that I spoke to. That's not to say I didn't get on with them. But you can't be liked by everyone. And that's okay. Because the point of this convention is community. And going and talking to all of those scholars... I was suddenly given peers and those peers became colleagues. So when I say don't go to hustle, do not go to hustle. Go to find people, go to make friends because I can list off from last year and now this year where I did the exact same thing. In fact, I even got people to sign my program. So that way it was like a nice pastel thing. Nala, you drew a picture of yourself in it. And that was like did, such a core memory for me. Yeah. I was a I was a scholar, but they didn't make me a scholar soon enough. So I didn't make it into the program, which was kind of sad because everybody else got a little picture in there, but I didn't get my picture in there. So when everyone was signing their pictures, I was like, I'm going to draw a little stick figure of myself in the, in the margin. <laughs> and then I saw find my stick figure. Yeah, cuz um, this... Willie wasn't in it and Ethan wasn't in it. Uh, there was a couple 2022. There was a couple okay. of people um but the point is and I'm glad that you you're kind of butting in cuz this is this should be a conversation. This is a hey, don't go to hustle, find your peers, find people who are at the same point as you, befriend them, 
work with them on your personal projects and then when you have the opportunity when you come back for the second year and somebody's like hey who do you think would be a good fit because you're talking with people on the level you know you can then say hey I know a great person and we've worked together for this long and this is something amazing that they've done and this is why I like what they've done because I mean I did it for Lila and it's not to brag but it's like a point of like hey we should be bringing everyone up with you and it gives you like I guess like a cohort if you want to think about it in school terms of people who should all be rising together and on that same trajectory together so don't come to hustle do bring your business cards though and then when you come back for the second year, that's when you can run around and you can have your meetings and you can do the business side. But for that very first year, don't come into it looking for work, come into it looking for friends and attend the panels, learn from the experts, start that conversation like with people after the fact. But people will be able to tell, and this makes me really sad because I don't like saying it because it feels mean, but people will be able to tell if you're coming in looking for a transaction, people will be able to come and tell when you are trying to social climb so don't don't bother like don't waste your time like don't waste other people's time but look for friends look for deep and meaningful connection and I think that is the essence of like the POC and industry aspect of the convention I think something that we haven't really noted is that Big Bad Con is a relatively small convention. It doubled in size this year from last year. We hit mm -hmm. capacity at 1,000 people. Last year, I'm pretty sure it was about 500. I think definitely under 700 people attended last year. Um, and so uh, it is very, very small compared to any other convention people go to, like Gen Con, PAX Unplugged, PAX East, whatever, PAX West. Uh, it's smaller than all of those conventions. So like this year when I was coming to Big Bad Con, I saw lots of people who I saw for the first time last year at Big Bad Con and seeing them again, it felt like seeing an old friend, even though I'd never really spoken to anyone. Like when I saw you again, Taylor, I was like, it's Taylor. I remember you from last year. Uh, when I saw Ethan, yep. I was like, it's Ethan. Yep, yep. I remember him from last year. Like it's it's just, it's kind of like a, a reunited of of like people you went to high school with except it, it was just one weekend last year right yeah <laughs> I, think. I think somebody called it summer camp at one yes. point it's like yeah, a work retreat I mean, is what big bad con feels like it's a work retreat you know what you are so right it is a work retreat like friday it's Lala, not a please convention jump yeah in because i think we're in like a conversation part now where like we're just gonna keep talking otherwise Taylor, you gotta oh. let Bryce. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, white woman speaking. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So this was my first big bad con. I I liked it for all of the same reasons that were stated, but from a different um, perspective. In that I've worked in the space for two and a half, three years. I've only been to industry cons as an industry person because I was very intentional about joining the professional space. And one of the things that I had learned. Uh, from Anthony, actually, I had the opportunity to speak with Anthony privately, like right before uh, he left on Sunday. And um, he spoke to me about kind of my situation, which actually, I believed, and I had this conversation with him, that our sort of careers in TTRPG are very similar. And we have very similar backgrounds prior to TTRPG, right? Both coming from, you know, our previous work. And um, what he really impressed on to me was really that... Um, Simply because I have got myself into a place where I have um, seen success and people look at me um, as successful, I am not 
offered opportunities. And part of that is like Big Bad Con is not for me to receive opportunities. And I'm totally okay with that. I go there for um, meeting other people, connecting with other uh, people that I really love to work with and people that I would like to work with. And seeing a lot of people like, for instance, like, I don't know, I just saw like the Dungeon Dudes and I went up to them and I was like, hey, I really liked your book, Drakenheim. And everybody in my space really loves Drakenheim. And like, these are all the things I love about it. And then like Monty looked at me and is like, are you Friday the pro GM? And I was just like, that's weird that you know who I am. But because <laughs> I've watched you for like four years now on YouTube. Um, but like it was a bunch of little interactions like that that were really meaningful. And then I had the opportunity to speak to someone who um, worked on all of my favorite TTRPG books, all of them, and um, just a total killer in the space. And I had this wonderful opportunity to sit down and just um, tell her about my stupid game, which she was giving me the body language that she really loved, um, which was good. Um, and she expressed that to me verbally. But um, yeah, it was just really nice to just connect with people in that way. Go ahead, Taylor. Uh, I just want to say that that is actually one of the most important elements of the con, uh, like having access to people. Um, and when I say fangirling, I don't mean like the intense fandom stuff. What I mean is going up to people and being like, hey, I really liked your stuff. This is something that stood out to me. This is something that I connected with. Um, because you'll be surprised how little people hear that and in fact like for example when i got the scholars to sign to sign my program for a lot of people it was the first time they'd ever been asked to sign anything you know so it's 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 so important to go up to people and say but not in a creepy way not where you're overstepping like you keep the distance between you you like speak enthusiastically like i mean i'm sure everyone has seen me everyone here has seen me fangirl over somebody at some point just because i can't help myself working in ttrpgs is cool like everybody does some like no i was i was like obsessed with your outfits like every single day i think every single day i was like trying to find you and compliment you because like like even something small like hey i like what you're wearing i like the effort that you've put into this i recognize you from from this it is so incredibly important that you keep that positive energy and you tell people and then sometimes like friday like friday has said they know who you are too which is wild it's absolutely a wonderful feeling but yes if you are at big bad con do not be afraid to go up to the creators that you admire and say, hey, you've done a cool thing. I've noticed this cool thing and it's important to me because of X, Y, or Z. That's okay. But don't trauma dump either. Like, again, make sure you understand those boundaries and I'll let Friday speak again. Um, just, to, um, just to re, I suppose to emphasize in a slightly different perspective, um, it can be very easy for um, you to kind of slip into thinking like, this is my only chance to talk to this person. And I have to shoot my shot right this very second. You really don't. Um, you you really don't. So yep. you could just like start a conversation with someone and then like go into like that. I mean, like I've, I did pitch a couple of people um, post panel because their panel was about freelancing <laughs> and they're a project manager. And I said, hey, are you in a space where you can accept my 60 second pitch about me? And they're like, Hey, here's my email. And I said, okay. And then that was, that was pretty much it. And then we moved on. Um, so I think it's important to mind people's space. Um, especially if like 
you're going to be in a place where like you are just expecting some sort of transaction um as has been mentioned earlier lila go ahead Okay, this is all really great, and I think we're giving a lot of good information about kind of interacting in the space during the con. Um, what I want to do or challenge us to do right now is talk a little bit about what, if anything, folks are doing before the con. Um, then we can maybe come back and talk a little bit more if there's anything more to say about what you did at the con in sort of like a professional capacity. And then we can talk about like post-con um, stuff. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just start with some like before con stuff and then I'll, I'll pass it over to, to other folks to talk. Uh, so one of the things that was brought up was, uh, business cards. Um, yeah, hundred percent business cards seem to be a thing. Um, it, uh, for the second year in a row, I've kind of had this feeling of like, man, um, our email, uh, telling folks to come to the meet and greet with business cards is going out real late for <laughs> folks that, uh, might not know that this is a thing. So business cards are a thing, make business cards, um, I know that I just use a software program. I think some folks have used Canva. Uh, one of the cool things I saw on business cards was that they will leave a little space for people to take notes. Um, so I think that's a cool aspect of a business card. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but potentially having your face uh, uh, on the business card might be helpful because it's it gets hard to like you know figure out who handed you the card sometimes. Um, I have more pre-con stuff, but uh, I want to pass it on to Friday uh, to talk about some things and we can just go around. Um, one thing I'll say about business card really briefly, some people are not comfortable with their face on it because of trans reasons or for whatever reasons. Um, I know personally, like that's me. And, um, but it is really helpful to know what you look like. So even if you can get an artist to do what you draw, like do what you look like in a way that's similar enough to um, how you look for it to remind someone that's helpful for you know, stirring the memory of when I go through these business cards, like post-con, and I'm like, hey, I got to email these 15 people, um, and that you're doing that. Um, the other thing I would say is that beware of using business cards as the um, entire bonding experience and or the way to connect with people. Because if you go up to someone and then you're just waiting for your moment to hand them the business card and not during a natural, like, transactional way or a natural conversational way in which you are like asking or you have been asked um then that can be awkward because like pushing someone a business card without there being a reason to that they have like wanted to express their desire to receive it can be awkward i'm gonna say a quick thing i think another thing that's really important and uh kind of was brought up in the sort of pitching yourself workshop is having a clear idea of what you're going to the con for, what you're trying to get out of the con. So specifically, if you're looking for opportunities in TTRPGs, like being kind of specific about those opportunities. Are you trying to go there to be an editor? Are you trying to do, um, you know, adventure design? Thinking that about that a little bit more, that, that gets into the pitching uh, yourself uh, stuff. I think also for new creators, the thing I want to say is that it can be okay to kind of go to the con looking to connect with people for mentorship, um, which I think might be more realistic uh if you haven't published a lot <laughs> um is is uh to try to be out there to see if you can find somebody uh who might be able to you know jump on an informational interview or uh possibly have a, a longer mentorship um connection with you so i think that's always something that you should kind of have in the back of your mind um as a thing you could ask for as opposed to like only being there to try to get freelancing opportunities for example um um i will okay, say uh, just about mentorship um on that I am, so I suppose like next year, that's probably going to be 
ending up being me is like offering these mentorship things. I think um, it's difficult to find the correct mentor for you and it should be that way. So just be very careful and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Specific about what you were looking for when you do talk to someone and make sure that it's a conversation um, that both are okay with when you uh, start the conversation. Like, hey, I want to talk to you about mentorship. Um, and even if you're not going to mentor me, I wanted to talk to you about your perspective about what you think would be good for me based on this, this, and this. Yeah, I was saying, I don't think I have anything to specifically add um, because uh, my main pre-con thing is just business cards. Um, and uh, I am going to make probably a TikTok just about some of the more unique business cards I received because uh, those are mm -hmm. the things that you remember. Again, like I've said this a couple times already, like give people a reason to remember you or give them something to remember you by um, and having a really unique thing um, a shtick, a bit, if you will, right? You, you pick a bit and commit to it, right? Um, and so I, I'm gonna probably do a TikTok or something just talking about some of these really unique ideas. If you're a game designer, some people made their business cards a little mini game. Some people, um, like me as an artist, um, I've made my business cards a collectible item. So every time I go to a new con, I have new art designs on my cards and I let people do like a blind pick. I, I fan them out and people can choose one um, uh, or they can just choose a design they like. And, uh, you know, every year I come out, I come out with new designs. And so that even though I've given my card to people already, they come back and being like, I want another one. And that keeps my name and sort of my brand sort of at the forefront of people's minds because um, I've turned my cards into a little sort of collectible game. <laughs> I'm going to just say a quick thing and then I'll hand it off to Taylor. Uh, so one of the actual things that I made that was not a business card uh, was uh, essentially an advertisement for Jukebox, but I was yes. definitely inspired by, yeah, I was definitely inspired by the business cards that had mini games on them. So I was like, I'm not just going to give like a throwaway advert. I'm going to uh, make a little mini game for my game so that this is actually like a useful and potentially fun document uh, to interact with. Um, so again, that's a little bit farther down the line but if you're working on a game you might want to think about bringing something related uh to that game i do just want to say for all of the listeners out there some people will ask you to play the business card trading game and that is okay that it's perfectly fine to to like get around a table and everyone swaps information and maybe you'll use it and maybe you don't but it like hey there's not gonna be any judgment you just have to make sure it's 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 i don't want to say common sense because that feels a little bit inappropriate but there is a time and a place and people will tell like will will say out loud okay we'd like to play the business card trading game and everyone will swap their cards and that is a good time to do that and you can initiate it if you think the vibe is right and if you don't you can always ask somebody hey do you want one of my business cards like that is okay too uh, and also just because my business cards uh, are similar to, to Nala, but nowhere near as like cool and professional. I have three color options and they're collectibles. And in fact, I had a shtick this year where I brought some of my cards from last year and I signed them as limited first editions for some of my friends and gave them out because I thought it was funny. Um, I love it, that for you. It, it got a laugh at the time. So I would consider that a success. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's okay to play the business card trading game. like. You, you get you get the thumbs up from from the group please please do it because you never know what opportunities will arise from that don't step like don't 
not do it because you think that you're going to get judged for it because if you're going to get judged in this industry it's going to be for something way worse than, than giving a business card when everyone else is giving a business card i will say one thing i brought a hundred cards to this year's big bad and that was um almost not enough um but also i was giving them out a lot and because my cards mm -hmm. are collectible i was giving them pe to people who who already have them um mm -hmm. i would say about 100 to 150 cards is about decent for a convention um if you are going to networking events if you are trying to network i think that's a really solid number because some people don't know how many to bring um and the worst thing is running out right so um i would mm -hmm. say 100 really safe number if you are attending a convention and you are intending on networking. If you don't really have much um, credits in space or you're just starting out um, and, and you don't really have a portfolio yet, um, I don't think making 100 cards might be the best for you specifically. I'm speaking more to just in general. If you want to know how many I'm bringing, uh, I would say 100 to 150 is a safe number. It's really funny. I'm actually on the opposite end of that spectrum where I I made new cards this year because I added project manager to my title. Uh, I brought like 50. I still have like 40 left over because I was very selective about who I gave business cards to. That's fair. Um, I think Whitney was somebody uh, who brought this up on, on the panel about seeking opportunities in TTRPGs. Don't give a business card unless there's like something actionable that you want to follow up and contact people with. So actually I kept mine very reserved and only gave them out, not just because Whitney had said it, although it was very good advice, but just in a, um, I don't, like people can find me on social media. Um, that's, that's very easy to kind of give somebody your handle, but to give somebody like direct access to you, like your email address, um, you can be selective with it. Like it's okay to be, to be anywhere on, on the spectrum between myself and Nala. Um, like, I think one thing that we, we've said and we will continue to say is like just because it worked for us doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. Everybody's con experience, even if we're all doing very similar things, is going to be very, very different just based on like personality type, what you do in the industry, where you choose to go, who you end up talking to. And that's OK. I also wanted to say that I think uh, I think if you could get something like a portfolio up and again the like pitching you sh yourself and preparing workshops will um there's content out there online i think i've written a little bit um it doesn't take like a webmaster uh degree that is not a thing what am i trying to say there are quick sites like uh taylor you have a card right like that's the name of the website that you use and like people yeah, use card. linktree yeah, yeah i use card.co yeah, so setting up a card.co I think is pretty easily easy. You can make a, you know, worst comes to worst, you can make a Google Drive folder that has like free, you know, copies of your writing samples. There's like quick ways to get up and running. And I think if it's um something you're serious about, even if you're looking for mentors, like that is almost a like try to get that as soon as possible um, if you're looking to do work in the space. So I want to talk uh, a little bit about being at the actual con. One random thing that I want to bring up, uh, because I think I've sort of screwed up on this two years in a row um is that um man i still go to cons and i like sign up for games i signed up for a bunch of panels and i'm curious what everybody else's opinions are but i felt like i did not leave myself enough time to just hang out in the atrium 
um, which is where it felt like there was a lot of really cool people that were kind of having just sort of unplanned, um, you know, kind of fun little interactions and, and meeting each other. Because when you're at an hour long panel, that's very cool. And you might be learning a lot of stuff, but you're not actually meeting people, you know, necessarily. Um, so that's something that I struggle with. I definitely get the sense that folks who are at the con for um, industry purposes, like are leaving time on their schedules to just like hang out and meet folks. Um, yeah, and I was showing their, <laughs> their schedule. Nice, very busy um, schedule. <laughs> yeah, but I, I felt, I really, like, there was a werewolf game that I, um, although I was at uh, Nala's really cool uh, Learn to Play Mahjong event. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious what folks think or if they have other tips for during the con. Don't do what I did. I um I signed up to run, let's see, GM one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven events that I had I had the GM title, which basically just means you're on the panel or you're running it oh or something. I had seven of those. And then I was on a couple more panels. I I'm pretty sure I had maybe like 10 events maybe that I was doing, um, either running or was a part of. Um it's 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 a ridiculous number. Don't do what I did because, uh, like Lila just said, I did not have time to just hang out. Um, I was very busy all con uh, when I wasn't actively in an event running something. I was either prepping for an event or I was changing my outfit because I brought nine outfits to this convention, um, or I was like trying to just like eat dinner in my room like by myself, um, something whatever. Like I was so busy the whole weekend. Um, and, uh, it, it, I, I really wish I had left more time, uh, to just hang out because some of my most meaningful interactions that I had with people were just random one-off conversations. Like I had a random hour or like 40 minutes somewhere. I sat down and practiced ASL with two people. Um, cause I'm learning ASL right now. So I just sat down and practiced with two people and it was nice to just sit and rest my voice, but also to get some practice in. Um, and uh, just like the, the random things, like that's how you make friends. That's how you meet people. And there's so many people just wandering around uh, and, and who will just like pick up a random game and just start playing with you. And it's it's a lot of fun. I took the opportunity to interact with some people in the um, small uh, press area, the sale area, whatever. Um, and I stopped by only a couple of times. But when I did, I managed to find um, something that I was interested in buying, first of all. But then also, um, I got to talk to them about their their game. And then having the creator of the game have that conversation with me and explain how the games work was, like, so incredibly cool. And then also a lot of fun. And I think that, um, especially those of us who, uh, like, collect so many TTRPGs, if you're going to go to Big Bad Con and you have access to the creator right there, it's great to talk to them. So, like... And that's a good way to spend 15 to 20 minutes. And then like, then you're like, hey, now I have this experience that I'm taking with this book that I just bought for 20 to 40 bucks or whatever. And I'm going to remember that forever. And now it's on my shelf. And whenever I pick this up, I'll think about that time that I talked to the creator. And I think that's a really special thing about this con. Yeah, I'll piggyback onto that. So one of the things I have really hard time with, because I don't want to stuff schedule, but I absolutely love it, is... Um, I look for play tests uh, in like the games that are being run, and I really enjoy going to play tests. And that usually means that you're going to be uh, meeting the person that you know is running the game. And I think it's a good way to you know play a fun game, and then also you're you're probably going to meet a designer. Um, so I definitely encourage that if you're like very new, for sure, 
Um, but yeah, it's one of my one of the things I like. Having gone for two years in a row now, I, I have done I've seen both sides of it. So in the first year, I signed I signed up to a bunch of panels because I wanted to learn things and they're great conversation starters after the panel. Um, and then that first year, I left loads of free time. I ended up going off site a lot, actually, to just hang and eat with friends like outdoors, you know, where it's safe to do so. And then this year, I had lots of panels. I didn't do games, but I had a lot of like work meetings that were kind of scheduled, like opportunities where, oh, I'm seeing somebody face to face. Let's get something on the books. So that way, like we know that we're both free. And this year, I do kind of regret that I didn't make more time for people. A lot of times, like Friday, not Friday, sorry, not Friday, as in the pa- panelists today. Friday is in the day of the week. Um, I was sorry, I said it in like a in like a name inflection and not in a day inflection. But on Friday, I was running between panels and meetings in my heels across the hotel. And people would like try and talk to me and I'd be like, please find me Saturday afternoon when I don't have anything on my schedule. And Saturday afternoon rolled around and they had things on their schedule. And I missed talking to so many people. I'm all the way on the other side of the pond. And part of the thing that I really love about this convention is actually getting to physically hug my friends. I get to do it one time a year. It's that big bad card and I love it. And I wish I'd spent more time hanging out with people like I had in the first year. But also, I think if you do end up being busy, if it's your second year, if you're going back and you do end up busy in that second year, there is nothing wrong with that. Because like fingers crossed, fate providing, there will be the third year where you don't have to worry about business because you'll be in the middle of projects. Because most TTRPG projects don't happen in the span of the year. They have happen over the course of a couple of years. So you can kind of relax again. But it's like I said, when you when you go in, don't go in trying to hustle. Go in to make friends. Second year, yeah, you can do the meetings and you can have that little bit of regret, but you've got those connections and you can reach out to people in between con times. You don't just have to be friends while you're at the con. And then the third year, you know, you can go and relax again. Maybe this is just for me and not for anyone else, but that this is this was my personal experience. Um, I will just say, if you've got a game and you want to playtest it, I absolutely recommend you do that at Big Bad Con. It is so cool to playtest your game in person with people. Um, and I got to meet uh, some people that backed my Kickstarter that actually signed up for my playtest, and that was super cool. And I was like, thank you for giving me money, and then uh, also, welcome to play with me tonight. Um and then I like had a, I also had like an RPG bot guy join uh, my game who I've been on the podcast with twice, and I was just like, oh, I know you. And then everybody else walked in and is like, oh, does everybody know each other? Here's no, just me and this guy. Just <laughs> that's it. Um, awesome. We are coming close to time, and I want to get these last two little bits in. So, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about postcon. So you've met a bunch of people. You've probably collected some business cards. What I know, and I'm happy for other people to share stuff, is that um, I, I do think you should absolutely be sending follow-up emails to people who, you know, might have, um, you know, something for you or you just had a good conversation with. Um, I am in the midst of doing that right now. I feel like I'm, I'm sending these out a little bit late. Maybe don't plan a San Francisco vacation right after <laughs> Big Bad Con. Um but uh, yeah, uh, I think, you know, in the follow-up email, if there was work on the table, just reiterating sort of who you are, what you're looking for, linking out to a portfolio, um, and and saying that you would like uh, to continue the conversation is good. 
I also think it's great. Like, I'm going to be doing this with pretty much everybody I got uh, a business card from just like saying, hey, it was great to see you, even if, you know, kind of going back to that, not everything needs to be a transactional experience for uh, work. I love playing games. And so most of the people I met, I would love to be friends with in some capacity. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be organizing more projects and stuff in the future. So I'm I'm pretty sure everybody from AP folks to uh, art folks, like I'll have some reason to chat with at some point. I am of the opinion that you are not too late. I haven't started doing my reply emails yet. And that's because I always tend to wait a week. And the reason I wait a week is that if you start emailing people like immediately after people are still traveling, people are still like recuperating um, people, uh, you know, like I've started getting emails from people and, and it's not annoying me at all, like not at all. But for me, I'm like, I, uh, I've been told by like, Co like coworkers and just like uh, from career advisors in the past, like you should wait about a week after these events just to give people time to get home, time to get back in the swing of work, that sort of thing. So I don't think you're being late. Uh, and in fact, I haven't started. And um, uh, I have something to say about like how to like write these emails. But Taylor, if you want to talk about something related to this. Uh, yeah, I just want to say that I am actually in agreement with you and that uh, you will see some people be like, send follow-up emails, send them quickly. Like immediately. Um, like immediately. <laughs> These people are used to working in a fast-paced environment. And while I'm not saying TCRPGs is a slow-paced environment by any means, um, I do think that we as an industry do try and prioritize like mental and physical health as much as possible. Like, don't put pressure on yourself to to send these out quickly. I love getting these emails um, and Twitter messages and Discord messages saying, I, I loved seeing you and or follow up, you know, and, and that's great. But uh, please don't stress yourself out trying to follow up any convention uh, like very quickly. I have been sat on the sofa with my two-year-old watching TV for most of the week. Uh, and that's not because I don't want to work. I do want to work. But also rest is important because when your body is stressed for a long period of time, and I will say that cons are stressful, whether you it's from like social anxiety, just from constantly doing stuff for like four, five days straight, like your body needs to rest. And that is a-okay. Like sit on the sofa, watch the TV, read the book, do what you need to do to recuperate because... Ultimately, I mean, yes, we'll be traveling the world, technically going to different conventions, doing different things, but we're all still connected by the internet, which is as hopeful as it is dystopian, and we're not actually going anywhere. Like, don't wait, like, too long, but also, like, please don't feel that intense pressure that can sometimes come about when you start receiving follow-ups from people who have the emotional and mental capability to do so. That's, that's okay too and i'll throw it back to Noah. um so i'm the villain here i sent my emails on monday morning because i was waiting for my plane and i had nothing to do <laughs> but all of my emails were follow-ups um well i guess i did send a couple of emails about like getting work myself but um all of most of my emails were about uh sending opportunities to other people and i included in them like hey you have until this date to actually submit and please don't feel as though you need to submit prior to because i think it's important as a project lead to provide people more time if they need it um instead of just like going with the first person that submits and i'm very clear about timelines and everything like that like 
This is when we're doing the work. This is when we'll follow up. Right now, I'm just picking. This is when you'll get an email about whether or not you're accepted after you submit after the state. Um, and all of that stuff, that information that people need in order to, uh, you know, it helps them run their freelance career. Um, I try to provide. But I do understand that I'm the villain because that's how I conduct business. Please don't uh, call yourself a villain. Yeah, you're not a villain. Um, I think, okay, so I think people, I'm going to demystify emails for a quick second. Um, Follow-up emails are super easy. Um, I use the same base email for everyone, and then I... Uh, I uh, um, individualize them per person so like the base email of what I'm going to be writing I think over this weekend because uh, like I said I try to wait about a week um, subject line big bad con 2023 follow-up or big bad con follow-up email right like simple sweet easy subject line dear person that you are talking to or hey person or something some some nice pleasant introduction um I I hope you had safe travels home. Some something about that, or like it was so great talking to you. I had a great time talking about specific thing that you talked about. I wanted to follow up about specific thing that maybe you're following up on, whether it be mentorship, whether it be hey, you said maybe you'd connect me uh, for publishing my game, or oh, you said that you had connections to some really great artists for my project. I would love to get those names from you. Something 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 like the body. The the main chunk of your email should be like specifically what you're following up on even if it's just a I had a great time talking to you and I would love to um I'd love to keep talking to you or, or I'd love to pick your brain sometime about xyz or I loved your panel about this I thought this one thing that you said was really smart and I'd love to talk more about it if you have the time um close it off with a like you know I'm really looking forward to hearing from you signed your name easy peasy done um and make like a base of that copy paste it for every single person and 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 and, um customize it uh per person uh sending emails can be scary but it does not have to be hard if that makes sense um and uh Mm -hmm. i i think a lot of folks who are neurodivergent struggle with like the social like what do i say what's the right thing to say um you know keep it short and sweet right um also uh this is not specifically related to emails um but it is something i have experienced don't pressure people to follow you back on social media that's weird and uncomfortable um i i've been approached by people not at this convention but i was at another convention where i gave a panel one day and then the next day someone who i guess was at the panel the other day and had come up to talk to me at the end of the panel um approached me after a second panel i was on and was like hey why haven't you followed me back yet and i'm like whoa that's a very forward question to be asking uh and like i i didn't even know who this person was like that's that's the other thing is like, i didn't even remember them um so don't don't pressure people to follow you back on social media that is incredibly uncomfortable um and uh yes they were white um and, and uh it, just just don't do that people will follow you back if they do um you know i think uh social media is very weird um and i understand the awkwardness behind those kinds of interactions um but uh it, it it's just uncomfortable so i wouldn't i wouldn't like pressure that um uh, because I think there's plenty of people that don't follow me back on social media that I've worked with slash am working with, and it's, you know, it's, it's whatever, right? 
Or just real oh. quick for our listeners, I did ask if the person was white through emojis. So <laughs> it was not knowledge just throwing that out there. That was me asking. Okay. All right. Yes, they were white. <laughs> the audacity. On that note, <laughs> on that note, on the note of white audacity. Um, so uh, I, I do want to finish out the conversation. One thing that I've forgotten to mention, but I do want to say, um, I've volunteered for Big Bad Con as one of their rangers. I think it's a really great thing to do and a very different perspective that you get on uh, on a con. The rangers at Big Bad are absolutely fucking amazing. Like, um, I've just really loved meeting everybody that I've met through uh, rangering because you don't give it's completely volunteer and people are just doing it for the love of the con and um some folks there are definitely like in the game design uh everybody loves ttrpgs at the very least um so i would uh heartily encourage especially if folks are kind of new to things and and want a more like um systemized way to meet people like i think that's a great um option okay con runs on its uh, volunteers yeah. Yes, and they are mm-hmm. great. They are mm-hmm. really great people. Um, Et, uh, who uh, manages games on demand stuff, fed me a bagel, which um, you know kept me standing upright. Um, it was either Friday <laughs> or Saturday. Anyways, great people. Um, Volunteer cool. for the con, you may or may not get a free bagel. <laughs> you, I think you will get. There is a, there is a snack room. Okay, I'm seeing that Friday just messaged me, which probably means that she needs to go very soon. So we're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> um, um, so I guess the last thing that I just wanted to give people uh, a space to do is talk about your, your, the favorite thing. Let me say this again. I want to give people a space to talk about the thing that made them the most happy during Big Bad Con, whether that is an event that we didn't get to talk about or a person, a creator or a game that you're specifically excited about. Um, yeah, I just wanted to give people space to, to do that. I have rapid fire two things, three things I can say super quickly. One, uh, Lamar ran karaoke. We kind of like guerrilla style took over a random room and it was like past midnight and we did karaoke. It was very fun. Um, I also got to play test a game called The Prince of Nothing Good. It was by um, CJ Linton, who is at Near Futures on social media. Um, this game is beautiful. It is really freaking cool and we never even got to finish the play test but we are going to meet uh online to finish it up um that like the prince of nothing good this game is amazing um it was also the only game i got to play like all conventions so that was another thing um and then last thing i got to meet tim hutchings who is the game designer of um thousand year old vampire among other things um and that was just almost like a like a like a starstruck moment for me which i don't feel very often um uh uh because this is a whole nother thing people are people i i don't idolize people like that's not a thing i do however the layout for thousand year old vampire is so cool and is a huge inspiration for my own graphic design and my own layout work and getting to see him in person and watching him sign books like he doesn't sign books like a normal fucking human being he signs books real weird and i love that for him and just like standing there listening to him talk um it it was really cool and i got to show him some of my work and he was super uh, super enthused by it and i just told him like how much he has inspired me uh with my own stuff and i also got to hear a little sneak peek about what he's working on next and that's super exciting and y'all aren't ready uh but yeah those those are my three i think like little moments that uh really stood out to me in this convention 
big things that stood out to me. I one of the biggest things, honestly, was my thirty minute conversation with Anthony. Um, I really enjoyed that conversation. It was really nice to connect with him, uh, someone that I really wanted to connect with personally um, because of uh, just kind of like their social presence and our similar backgrounds, which was really important to me. And I think that's one of the really huge strengths of Big Bad Con is finding people that um, you initially interact with online in a professional, semi-professional capacity whose work you like and really just connecting with them in a way that um, is meaningful. And then, you know, maybe opens the doors for new possibilities, but that's not the expectation, right? Because, um, you know, you, you aren't necessarily in someone's, like, uh, correct time slot for um, them accepting new people for work or projects. Um, I would also say connecting with my friends that I have met over the time that I have been in this space, like people I've worked with for three years, I saw them in the, for the first time, um, and we had nice hugs and, like, uh, cried a little bit and, and stuff like that. So that was really... Uh, wonderful. And then I really personally had a great time um, connecting with people that I might be working with in the future for uh, Vineyard um, on my own projects and so forth. And um, I really enjoyed meeting so many different, highly qualified, talented people that I wish I could just, I wish I could work with all of them. Um, so it's going to be difficult, um, like selecting the people that I can work with next year. But um yeah, that was a, it was, it was huge. It was great. And I loved it. Um, I got so emotionally uh, overwhelmed on Saturday night after um, the events that I just like cried in my bed. I was just like, I'm so happy. This is exactly what I wanted. And yeah. Um, I do just want to give a shout out to Banana Chan and Aaron Catano Sayers, who uh, both years, so last year it was a D&D poetry reading, but actually it was Secret Gambling Club, which actually was just us all playing bingo. Um, and they gave out badges at the end that said I went to a D&D poetry reading. And then this year they ran a fashion show. There was a ramp and a catwalk um, that Nala was also a part of. And everyone got a golden crown if you went on the stage and, and like did your little turn. And the point is that they, on the very first night of the con, on the Thursday night after the opening ceremonies, they do just a little silly feel-good event to kind of get everybody relaxed and get everybody in like a jovial mood. And for me, like that makes the con. The second I saw that, that this year that they were doing another event, I, I was like focused on, I have to be at this event. I want to be at this event. I know it's going to be so much fun. Um, you know, and it is it is a phenomenal experience because they are so joyous when they are presenting. And that really is like an infectious joy that you carry with you into the next day, which you really need when you're going into like something as intense as a as a like three day con. Um, that... The other thing. Sorry, you go, you go. Oh, no, 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 no. I OK, that fashion show, um, people were really nervous about it because they thought it was like a real fashion show. And so I, I played the stage manager. I, I played one of the stage managers and um, I was telling people before the like before the event, I was like, guys, it's not like like, yes, it's a fashion show, but it's not like a quote unquote real fashion show. It's more like a LARP. Anyone can walk. The judges are going to give you tens every time. Um, it's supposed to be an event that's supposed to uplift everyone and make everyone feel really good about themselves. Like it's it's it. And like I felt the love in that room that night. Um, 
and uh, y'all should definitely, um, if you're planning on coming next year, making whatever Banana's going to do next uh, uh, a priority to go to because it's it's just a community building event. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. this year I got to participate uh, and have a little in um, as as playing the stage manager and I had this idea of having like a big reveal and I and my demisexual ass accidentally did a strip tease uh, and I didn't realize it was a strip tease until someone made a joke about it being stri- a strip tease after and I was like oh damn I really did do a strip tease didn't I <laughs> and I didn't realize it um, but yeah definitely go it's it's so good 100% 100% um, you look amazing by the way but you look amazing all weekend long <laughs> my, thank um, you <laughs> I will keep saying it because you're one of my fashion icons I actually stepped up my fashion game this year at Big Bad Con because of Nala and because Sebastian knew I like yes! the pair of them yes! like, okay I could never like I want to look like you look on a bad day where you're putting in low effort like that's the goal that's the goal uh, but no. wrapping this up wrapping this up um the the other thing that made the con for me was the POC dinner um I am a mixed race woman living in England and I have never been in a room full of just like people of color ever in my life until I attended the POC dinner in 2022. Um, and when I say that was like a, a life-changing experience, it was for me because it's something that I had never gotten to kind of experience before. And not only were they all people of color, they shared my interests. I sat down with people at a table that I wasn't very familiar with. I turned to the person next to me who I'd spoken to a couple of times, made them my con buddy. And now like, this isn't gonna be for everyone, but like me and Ethan, speak most days and when I like as somebody who has felt really alone for a lot of her life have like making this space allowing us to just be ourselves in this space I wore a dress that I bought for my honeymoon and that I never got to wear and I hadn't gotten to wear it for like three years and I got to wear it to the POC dinner and it just made me feel so good about myself. The people there crying with passion as they talk about being POC in the TTRPG industry, their words are not mine to share with you today. But like the way that I was moved and impassioned and ready to go to war with the people who were with me because it was an electrifying experience and something that you just can't communicate with words necessarily which is really bad because I'm a writer by trade like I should be able to like say these things um but at the end of the day the thing that makes big bad con so important that makes it so important to me as a person is community at every single point everything that we have discussed today as ultimately it can be boiled down to community having people to talk to who do the thing that you do um who are like you in so many different ways no matter your marginalization is a truly incredible experience for people who have never had community before and for people who do have community being able to share your community and welcome in other people is a wonderful wonderful thing so I really do just want to thank Sean Nitner who is the creator and the steward of Big Bad Con currently I want to thank Arjit George and everyone on the POC leadership team for making it possible for this little mixed British girl to travel halfway across the world and hug her her colleagues in person which is something I would never be able to do on my own
Oh, man. Well, that's a really good close out of the conversation. Um, although I didn't say my thing. I mean, like, I definitely uh, plus one all of that. And I think um, part of that is to figure out, I think Big Bad Con does do something like quite special. Um, and it's not that vibe at other conventions. Um, and that is a very... Um, sort of strategic effort by the folks in charge uh, to create a space for POCs. And I and I hope that all of the love that comes for Big Bad Con after the con um, encourages other conventions um, and other spaces uh, to create some of the same cultural things uh, that we see at Big Bad Con. Actually putting your money where your mouth is um, and getting POCs out to spaces so that they can uh, connect with industry professionals um, is just extremely empowering and I think actually does make meaningful change in the industry. Um, I was really stressed out at Big Bad Con, uh, I guess I, I, I will say, partially because of a, a lot of the networking things. So a lot of my, a lot of the experiences that I had that were very good were kind of like one-on-one -on -one interactions uh, with folks. I, I'll also shout out Lamar as somebody who had extreme excitement for Jukebox. And there was also a couple other uh, creators and people that I met that were just really excited about Jukebox, which is my little uh, karaoke TTRPG that I've been working on on the DL for like years and um, just being able to hand out um, uh, my jukebox stuff and getting like positive reinforcement uh, was really nice and more like chased me down. So that was great. Um, I'm going to go ahead and also shout out um, Pen, Pam and Sebastian um, who last year gave me the time of day when I was basically a nobody in the space. Um, they both, Pam specifically came up to me and said, I'm so glad that you're here um, in when I was like in a weird conversation where everybody was doing the trading card game and I didn't know any of them and I wasn't even really sure if I should be in the um, circle. Like she just proactively said that. Um, so, and and Sebastian as well, like gave me a two minute uh, rundown of their path into TTRPGs. And I am just uh, forever grateful for that energy in the space and want to encourage other people to do that and uh, also hope to be that person myself. Um, cool. This has been a uh, lovely conversation with the group of you. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to do this uh, one week out from Big Pad Con recap. Um, I hope for all the listeners that you've either taken away something from the panels um, that is helpful that we went over, um, or if you're somebody who's new to the industry and looking to get in, that some of the uh, advice that uh, myself and all these fine folks uh, dropped was useful for you. Um, I know that I will be blogging about uh, actionable stuff from uh, Big Bad Con, I think hopefully with Taylor, who's giving me a little wave right now. Um, and I don't, is there anything anybody else wants to say about last words about Big Bad or stuff they're doing coming out from Big Bad? I will say um, all of these fine people's um, links and such will be in the description of this podcast. Uh, if you would like to, and you should, uh, follow these individuals for all of their wonderful projects. And if you are interested in working with them because of how incredibly intelligent and articulate all of them are. Awesome. <laughs> and with that display of uplifting your peers, I think we will uh, end this conversation. Thank you and good night. Hi, thanks for listening. If you want to support me, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash isfriday, or you can find some of the work that I'm doing at vineyardrpg.com if you want to pre-order the book that we made. Thanks.